Okay, we're about to get super juicy, Brianna Villegas and I. I know we get really juicy at the PMDD Healing Summit, but this one's going to be super juicy because we're going to talk about how you can use cycle syncing to improve your sex, how you can use cycle syncing to have less of those recurring fights with your partner. Yes, we are about to talk about that. I cannot wait to pick Brianna's brains because there's a difference between cycle syncing and cycle tracking and wow, she knows all about these awesome things. Oh, looking forward to talking with her. Woo, tune in. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit where the world's top experts share hope guidance and next steps for your PMDD healing journey. And today I'm joined by Brianna Viegas. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She was a PMDD sufferer for 12 years and has been a PMDD warrior for six years and counting. Congratulations on that. She attributes this shift to awareness, not only awareness of PMDD as a diagnosis, but about awareness of normal menstrual patterns, the cycle syncing method and cyclical living opened a path to symptom relief through specific lifestyle changes and rewriting narratives about herself and her cycle. Whew. Now, and this is so juicy, y'all. Now she is a cycle syncing coach dedicated to helping menstruators take back control of their cycles. And I want to know all about this cycle syncing coaching. So Brianna, welcome. Hello. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here and just to be, you know, sharing what's helped me and what I hope can help other people in the community as well. Yes. Thank you so much. This is what we need. And I, I really love, you know, that you went from PMDD sufferer, you know, to PMDD warrior. That's how I like to also describe it, right? It takes a bit of that warrior spirit to, to get out of that suffering. So let's get right into it. Tell us about your journey and why you're so passionate about supporting the PMDD community. Yeah. So for me, I, uh, started out with PMDD, my first period from the start and, that's where I talk a lot about the like 12 years of suffering of, you know, it was so much a time of defining who I was, who am I during, you know, puberty is such a crazy time anyway. And then throwing this in the mix and not understanding, you know, is this normal? Is this what everyone's dealing with and not having real education of what was normal. And so just kind of assumed like this is what it is to be a woman. And so I think that's where, that piece of a lot of narrative started to develop during that time of this is just what it is to be a woman. These are the limitations. This is, you know, my lot in life, so to speak. Um, and so just kind of went with that, found ways to cope. And a lot of that coping was isolating and mm -hmm. pushing myself to burnout because I would try to fit, you know, my whole life and all my goals and everything I was trying to achieve into my two good weeks you know, and try and hide the fact that those bad weeks were ones that I couldn't show up as fully in. So it was always this balance of almost like making myself a little bit smaller. So it wasn't quite as noticeable when I wasn't around. Um, and that was just sort of the cycle that I'd gotten into. And then I kind of finally hit a wall when I was in grad school of like, this can't be normal. This can't be what everyone's dealing with and showing up the way that I see other people showing up and um, 
just went to Google. So I was 23 at the time and I was like, well, maybe this time Google will have an answer for me. So I was just searching all of my symptoms, anything that I could think of related to my cycle. Cause at that point I'd gotten into this clear idea that like this is cyclical, this is happening. Mm. So I had some inclination there and some awareness just from the experience of it. Um, and then that's when I came across a forum where someone mentioned PMDD. And that was just, you know, that sort of light bulb moment of this is exactly what I've been living, you know, my entire reproductive years. And so from there, it was this moment of like relief and then kind of almost immediately following of just kind of feeling depressed and feeling like almost like a victim in it because the options, especially at the time, were very much you know, you can go on an antidepressant, you can go on the pill and you can pursue either medical or permanent, you know, menopause. And again, at 23, those aren't real options anyway, especially in the U.S. or that's not even a conversation. So it was just like, these don't feel like real solutions and in the answer for me. So for a while I was kind of stuck in this, like, again, okay, I have a name for it, but there's nothing to do. Um, And so the real shift for me came when I first came across the idea of cycle syncing. And the real part of that was this idea of what normal was and that it wasn't a 24 hour clock. It wasn't how my husband is. It wasn't his like, you know, level of consistency that I see from day to day. Like that's not what I'm trying to be, or I'm not trying to be, or I'm not even, maybe I'm trying to be sometimes, but I'm not expected to be follicular me Mm -hmm. all day, every day of my month. And also just like this, I lost my train of thought. There's one of those (laughs) flips there. Um, But understanding what was normal and then also understanding like that what I was striving for was not just average PMS either. Mm -hmm. That I wasn't just, the goal wasn't just like, okay, well, I'll be slightly less depressed than I am now either, you know, because there's this like blurry line there between what is PMS and then where it crosses over into PMDD, at least in the way that it's talked about. I think the experience of it is not that blurry, but um, the words that we use to describe them sometimes overlap. And then it's like, okay, well, what's severe enough, you know, to, to warrant taking further steps or, you know, what falls into that category of normal. Um, so that just really changed everything in my perspective and mentality of it. And I then started on the journey of figuring out, like, how do I actually implement this when I'm still in the midst of PMDD, when I still have really only two good weeks where everything seems possible. And then (laughs) how do I follow through and maintain that? So that was the, the journey. And I, really last year, the beginning of last year was when I've kind of made that shift of like, oh, like I'm now having PMDD symptoms like a couple days out of the month, or it's like, I feel on edge, but I'm okay. Or, you know, kind of like getting those inklings that like this isn't near as bad as it used to be. And it's staying more consistent, or I know when it's going to be bad Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, like this month, uh, my daughter wasn't sleeping through the night. And so I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm stressed and I'm starting to see the way that like those things now exasperate those symptoms. So now I refer to them as flares. <laughs> it flares up, yeah. you know, when life gets hectic or when there's a big transition, yeah. but 
you know, kind of consistent month to month. It's not that I'm less sensitive to it because I know, like I can feel the minute, you know, that it's like we're in luteal, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but that like the distress of it and, and all of those things is just not as heightened or escalated. Thank you. This, uh, it's, it's a journey. And I love how you shared that you didn't just want to go to like PMS from PMDD, like downgrade to PMS. And that it's like, like flare ups now that you can feel that shift. And I feel, I feel really connected to you because I just went into my luteal phase, I think three days ago. And I can also, I feel it. I'm like, Oh, there's a bit of an edginess mm-hmm. there. Like I'm a, my edges get a little bit sharper, but mm-hmm. I used to flip out, like yeah. literally trash stuff. My partner would hide depression, anxiety, all that stuff. And now I'm just like, Oh, there you are. And I also love how you said that, you know, like maybe your daughter's sleep cycle, you know, your disrupted sleep cycle, maybe stress, like things, that awareness that really ties into it. So let's go, let's dive. Thank you for that hopeful message. Let's dive right in. What's the difference between cycle syncing and cycle tracking? Yeah, this is a super important question because I think so many women are tracking and tracking can be as basic as I mark the day on the calendar that I expect my period to come. And it can be to as complex as, you know, tracking temperatures and, you know, basal body temperature and signs of ovulation. And so what that is really looking at is trying to have a consistent pattern of length and frequency of your period, of your, the phase that you're in, how the length of those phases and that's super helpful for understanding sort of your your health, your fertility, and all of those things. And the next layer of adding in cycle syncing is shifting to where are your expectations and how are you aligning your life to the energy and the, the physical needs, mental needs that come with your cycle. And so I really think about it so much in matching energy and expectations. So you're not just like aware of I'm in this phase, but now you're thinking, okay, where am I going and how can I set up my social tasks, my work tasks, you know, my, my workout regimen, my diet in a way that is going to meet me where I'm at when I get there. Wow. That is y'all. I have my notepad right here. I hope you have your journals too. So cycle syncing is more aligning. It goes beyond the tracking. And then how do we take the tracking into our lives and align our lives with our own personal mm-hmm. ups and downs. Okay. So how, how is cycle syncing? How does that benefit someone with PMDD? What, what's the thing there? Yeah. So the first way that it helps, and I think the first way that you can see results with it is that it's really a guaranteed way to get more good days okay. in your cycle. And this is like outside of luteal. So let's say you're, you know, put that aside for a second. If nothing changed in your luteal experience, if you actually have lifestyle tips and for diet and movement and things like that, that are female specific, Mm -hmm. right? Because so much of diet culture and exercise culture and research is based on male bodies. And then it's like, well, why doesn't this work for me? Or why doesn't it work every day? And so when you have those things that are actually supporting the body that you have, you may see that you no longer have as extreme cramps or bloating or those physical symptoms that then kind of pull away from the good days that you have during menstrual phase 
or when you learn about how to really lean into productive rest in luteal and menstrual phase, then you're no longer seeing that fatigue and kind of brain fog linger into follicular Mm -hmm. because you're giving space for each of the things that your body needs in that time. And so I think the first way and like the first kind of that hook of why should I try this is if nothing else, you can get the fuller benefit of follicular phase. You can get more relief and menstrual phase to work on that around around luteal picture. And another way is that also many women see that their cycles become a lot closer to that 28 day average. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of women with PNDD, that also means you have less luteal days in the first place so you so there's this like benefit around and then i think those things also help in creating more capacity and more space to start working on the luteal experience after that beautiful and the thing that you mentioned that so much research is based on just male bodies it's so true. I feel it's time for us to reclaim that cyclical nature. And that's mm-hmm. why it's, that's big in this summit, right? Um, for all of us menstruators to reclaim that cyclical rather than this, you know, if somebody is in a, a male body, I don't know how to say that in a, the best way, but their, their levels are just kind of not like ours in a more cyclical up and down way. So could you just talk a little bit about the different phases of our menstrual cycle and maybe some of the strengths or things that come along with them? Yeah. So for across the menstrual cycle, there's four different phases, which I'm sure uh, this community is more aware of than most Um, menstrual phase, follicular phase, ovulatory and luteal phase. Mm -hmm. And I want to start by talking about follicular, because I think one way that's helpful to even dip your toes into this world of cycle thinking is to think of your cycle as two halves and of the first half as follicular and ovulatory, where energy is higher, especially if you have PMDD, you're going to feel better during these phases, but it's also based on energy that's more outwardly focused. Mm. And with follicular phase, that is higher energy, but also an energy towards the big picture, trying new things, trying new challenges. And so it's a great time for value setting. It's a great time for, you know, in your work, like thinking about what sort of projects do you want to take on? And it's really like, what do I want? What's my vision for either this area of my life or this relationship in whichever way you want to apply it. And then the ovulatory phase is that full on outward focus where you're the most social and you really want to bring people into your circle. And what I love about this method too, is it works across whether you're introverted, extroverted, wherever you fall in any sort of personality aspect, it's what is more social for you. Mm-hmm. Cause as an introverted person, more social for me is like a friend, <laughs> you know, it's the, the circle doesn't get that much bigger, but I am more open to, you know, different types of events or activities, um, where someone else might be like, now we're going to parties, you know, it might broaden even beyond that, but it's really kind of leaning into that. And then also just like you have, um, stronger verbal skills there. So it's a great time to have big conversations that you need to have either with your partner or, you know, with, um, at work in other areas of your life. The other benefit I think, especially for PMDD is these, this first half of the cycle is a great way to lean into how do I set up support for myself 
for the next phase. Mm-hmm. Like this is the time to interview therapists. This is the time to kind of lean into that more visible aspect of creating a community and a support system so that when you are in luteal and that's harder to do, that reaching out is a much smaller step. Mm. Good one. Yeah. And then in that second half, luteal and menstrual, and I think for PMDD, those merge a little bit closer together in terms of need um, because the luteal phase is starting to shift inward, but what we should feel what is normal to feel is sort of calm, clear, and focused attention to detail. That obviously is the phase that gets most effed up with PMDD, right? Where we have all the attention to detail, but with hypersensitivity, hyper awareness, mm-hmm. and we get particularly nitpicky with our partners, with our space, with ourselves, right? And so this is the time to really lean into that self-care same similar to how you would during the menstrual phase it's and the deeper you are into like how weak the more that you have to treat it like a menstrual phase where it's about rest it's about you know nourishing yourself Mm -hmm. and i think there's a part of that of trusting that your energy will come back And so it's okay to rest and let things be because it will come back. And the more that you lean into that, the more your body can really heal and kind of hang on to that hope that in the future, less days will need to be in that place. That makes sense. And I think the biggest thing to point out for the menstrual phase Mm -hmm. is that this is when we're really in tuned with our inner desires, we're most intuitive. And this is something that I think gets dismissed so much because we often get gaslit as by ourselves and others, right? As being hormonal or it's PMS or it is PMDD and not recognizing that these are very real signals. And although it may feel reactive in the way that it comes up, it's a great time to journal about those things and see what themes emerge month after month that you can really you know, um, kind of track and see the benefit of that or see how you can take action on it in a phase that you are more resilient or more able to negotiate, you know, change in those areas. Yes. Ah, so good. Um, I love this whole cycle sinking idea because if every phase has like its strengths and we can, like you said, in that in that follicular and that ovulation phase, this is where we create support for, for that next luteal mm-hmm. phase that comes up. This is where you have the talks with your partner. So as you brought up partners, you know, PMDD relationships, huge topic. I hope we have a whole day um, of experts for that one during the summit. So you also, you know, you have this really great podcast and the hormone rants, and you also speak about, and I read this on your Instagram about how to avoid fights with your partner by using this cycle syncing or by using our menstrual phases. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So this is one, I I won't go that far to say you'll avoid all fights, but a big one is to avoid these reoccurring fights Um, because a lot of times, you know, really couples tend to fight about the same things over and over. And it's one way that I think we can leverage our menstrual cycle and in these different energies is how do we approach this situation from different perspectives so that we're not just coming up against the same 
walls and the same arguments, but how can we look at it differently? And so I like to think about them as like the menstrual phase being the time to do an audit. And that's a good time to know, okay, what do I need? What are my own needs? And to get really specific with what's coming up for you. And then in follicular phase where you're more big picture, that's a great time to share with your partner kind of what those needs are, but also ask, what are your needs? And so it's not just feeling like a constant pull because obviously in luteal phase, like you have a lot of needs, you need a lot of support and it's hard to have the capacity to see the other person's perspective and to really support them. But really it's about being a team and how can you kind of do this together and not just who's right or who needs to do more or less of this or that, you know? And so creating moments where it's safe also for partners to speak up and share their experience is really important and knowing when you're going to be in the best place for that is so valuable. And then that also helps in ovulatory phase when communication is stronger to talk about, okay, as we head into luteal, what are things that we can try? What's something I can work on? What's something you can work on? And to navigate those conversations before things are dysregulated and escalated is, is huge. That is huge. I'm, I've been with my partner for 13 years and he's been with me through the ups and downs mm-hmm. of PDD. And I'm kind of trying to reflect. I'm like, that is so, so valuable because you're right. You know, in the follicular or in the menstrual phase, kind of just checking, I'm, I'm removing myself. I'm going into my little, you know, my little red tent and I check in with me, like, what do I need? And then when I come out in the follicular, I can kind of express that and also have more capacity to listen. Cause in the luteal phase, mm-hmm. I'm not listening to the dude. <laughs> I don't care what he has to say. And then in the ovulatory, when I'm really like kind of, you know, frisky and lubby dubby, yeah. And I want to be connected, have a conversation like, Hey, how can we do this together? And I think that's a really great tip. I never really made that connection. Yeah. And I think that that's just such a game changer because it seems so simple, but it's not something that we're even taught to pay attention to or to think about, Yeah, but it makes such a huge difference. And then in luteal phase, that's a great time to also be journaling and like, what are the triggers? Mm. What are, what's the common denominator here? And then those can feed into when you get back to menstrual phase of that audit of let's reflect on which of these things are, you know, kind of systemic problems in a relationship or in a situation that we can address versus, okay, these are PMDD things, you know, that I'm working on what parts my work and what's part is our work as a couple. Ah, so good. So valuable. Thank you for, thank you for that, making that connection. And I want to bring up one more thing that has to do also with relationships. Cause this really, I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to listen to this, this <laughs> podcast episode in your hormone rants podcast. You, the episode is called cycle sync your sex life. I mean, that's juicy. Let's talk <laughs> about that a little bit. How can we optimize our sex life by using our cycle? Yeah. So first, the non-sexy answer is to come that I will come back to again and again is that it's really about acknowledging that what your body needs from phase to phase is going to be different and that's normal. And so it's really, again, about aligning your expectations of a moment, a situation, an encounter (laughs) with what who you are that day and how your biology and everything is leaning that day. 
And so the way that that can look in, in your sex life is understanding one that just if you talk about, you know, like arousal fluid and, and lubrication, like that changes across your cycle apart from, you know, uh, being aroused or apart from, you know, having where your libido is at. Yeah. And so being aware of just dry versus wet phases is just like, that's just like, you know, let's just check this box and not have this conversation, you know, every single time. But, you know, that menstrual phase and follicular phase are dry phases. So that's when the loop should just be there. You know, it's not like we need to have a chat or it needs to be awkward and it's not, doesn't have to do with anything. Yeah. Right. It's just, this is a part of the process. And then ovulatory, you, everything's flowing. So, you know, there's no issues there. Um, and then with luteal, that one is where it sort of tapers off. So you may be fine where that's not an issue for the first half of luteal, but then it'll start to taper and, um, you bring that back in, but then just in terms of the, the experience as well, is that follicular phase is a time where you're going to be again, big picture novelty anticipation. So trying new things foreplay, like allowing it to be more about the journey than the destination is going to feel better. It's going to be more exciting. Um, and again, this falls into whatever that means to you, you know, what feels exciting and new to you might, you know, it's going to vary by person, by couple. And then ovulatory phase, libido is highest, lubrication is highest. So it's really like whatever you're into, you're going to be really into, (laughs) you know, for this, this phase and this window. Um, but it's also, you have this heightened communication. So it's a great time to talk about sex with your partner. It's a great time to practice asking for what you want in the moment and just like leverage those skills to, um, improve the experience and practice those skills for other phases too. Cause this is when you're going to be the boldest and most confident to do so. And then Ludiel, you know, again, is just kind of coming back to that of feeling into what feels good to you, what's right for you and your partner based on where you're at, but really is how do you find intimate moments? And that's true, whether with PMD or not, but I definitely think with PMDD, that's a little bit more of a challenge sometimes to really find that connection when we feel disconnected. And I think one thing that I found, and this really came up in motherhood for me, but I think applies here as well, is that just because I may feel disconnected doesn't mean I can't provide connection for someone else. Um, And again, not to put yourself in a situation where you feel like you have to have sex for someone else or anything like that, but that there can still be intimacy created, even if you're in a place that's a little bit less connected. Because again, it is about bringing you together as a couple and, and everything like that. Um, and so just understanding those different priorities by phase as well, and how this can really contribute to your relationship. Yeah. And then to wrap up with, um, menstrual is again, very individual based on what everyone experiences. Um, but there's definitely mechanisms in the body to promote libido during this time, even though it's not hormone related, it's the way that our bodies change. The uterus expands a little bit. It applies pressure. It, you know, creates sensation to kind of get that interest there, um, more physically than, um, hormonally based. And so there's, it's a great time as well to engage in sex and intimacy. 
and orgasms can sometimes for some women relieve cramps, relieve headaches. So it's, it can be a win-win all around. Um, but again, it's just, that's a time to really feel into what, what you need, um, during that phase. Wow. Mind blown. So good. Thanks for that. And as you were speaking, just something just popped into my mind because we have a lot of mothers, right? With PMDD, mm-hmm. with kids. How do you, is there, how do you incorporate this whole, you know, cycle sinking into with your kids? Cause kids don't care what, you know, part of your menstrual cycle or part of your menstrual phase you're on. How do you, how do you combine that? Yeah. So I have young kids. So for them, they're like four and under, I have three kids, four and under. Um, so yeah, they don't understand really. And, um, but I'm working on ways that I can still communicate those things. And so one thing like my four-year-old, he understands like having a long day. We talk about what the, like sometimes when he's tired or like you've had a long day or different things. So Um, I've talked about things like that with him of like, okay, like mom's having a long day or mom's having a hard day. Like I need to rest. And I'm seeing him make those connections. I'm seeing him be a little bit more empathetic, a little bit more aware. Sometimes he's still four, So it doesn't always work, but there'll be times where, you know, he'll ask me, like, he'll notice in my face and he'll be like, you know, what's wrong, mama? Or what, are you okay? And I'll just, and I'll tell him. And sometimes it's like, I'm on my period. And so I need extra rest today. And um, he'll be like, oh yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> you know, he'll make these little comments. But for me, it's, this is just a normal human experience. And one that everyone of every gender, every orientation is going to interact with in some yes. way. Yeah. And so the more that it can be normalized and the more that, your kids can see you model asking for help, needing rest and engaging in self-care, having boundaries. Like these are incredible gifts to give them as well. So I don't see it as kind of taking away from that as this is a way I can model that for them. Beautiful. Agreed. Agreed. The world needs to witness and be aligned more with this feminine flow, the feminine Mm -hmm. cycles of rest, you know, allowing ourselves rest um, allowing ourselves reflection and this ties into, you know, because you're also of course an entrepreneur and, um, you were sharing earlier, you know, that you kind of had some burnout a little bit. How can we use our cycles to stay productive? You know, we were moms, we're all of these people, Mm -hmm. we're all of these things. How can we use that to stay productive without burning out? Yeah. So the way that I found it to be so helpful is, that awareness of knowing when I'm going to have the energy mm-hmm. and how to think ahead to putting the social tasks, the work tasks that align best with that energy. And then when it's not aligned, because there's times that that happens, things pop up where you can't move things and they're set. Yeah. It's understanding that, okay, this is falling during luteal phase or this is falling during menstrual phase. And I know it's going to take more energy for me than it would at a different part of the month. And so scheduling along with that task, the self-care that's going to help kind of get restore that energy. And, and I think really a big shift for me was trusting that the physical and mental energy was a renewable resource. Mm -hmm. Like it is going to come back. Um, because back before I was cycle syncing and everything, I kind of 
worked in a cyclical way in the sense that I was like trying to fit everything in, you know, to the good weeks. But then during the bad weeks, there were times where I was like, I don't know when this is going to end. Mm. And there's that feeling sometimes of like, maybe it never will, even though it, it does. There's just sometimes it doesn't feel like it will. Um, and trusting that it will, that energy will come back. And the more that you partner with your body and give it what it needs and what it's asking for, the more consistently that energy will show up so that you are matching it and your expectations are matching the energy that you have. Amazing. Yes. I, oh, I'm so in line with that. I absolutely agree with you. I'm, you know, I'm doing all these interviews and I'm already thinking, cause yeah, I'm in my luteal. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be doing a million interviews while yeah. I'm, you know, in my menstruation. And I'm like, okay, so before and after every interview, I'm just going to nap. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to relax. I'm going to go on a stroll. So I'm already in my mind, like, even though I can't not have the interviews, but mm -hmm. everything else I do around it, I'm going to slow it way the yeah. heck down. So Brianna, tell us how do people work with you? Like, I know there's people out there who are like, Oh my God, this woman is speaking my language. How do people work with you? Yeah. So I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, for women with PMDD. I also work with women who are looking to just optimize their experience to be more productive, um, and leverage their cycles. Um, but really at the heart of the coaching program for women with PMDD is taking these tangible, actionable steps that are provided with the cycle syncing framework to address limiting beliefs and narratives around female bodies, around menstruation, around our cycles. Um, for example, a strong narrative that was very present in my life and I've seen repeated over and over in the PMD community and when people express their experience is really a dichotomy between me, who I am, the real me, this version that I relate to and like my body and my hormones and that, you know, it's like my body's doing this to me or my hormones are doing this to me. And I so relate to it. I've so been there where I felt so much a victim to womanhood and to my cycle. But what cycle syncing really did for me and what I see it doing for other people as well is creating a roadmap to build self-trust again, to partner with our bodies. And it's like, what if all of those things that are coming up, even listening to this interview, any resistance that's coming up, like what if you just accepted that as almost like your body's truth? It doesn't have to be the objective truth, but if you want to get from A to B, we're gonna have to work with where our bodies are now. And cycle syncing gives these really tangible, like little steps. Yeah. And it can be implemented in any area of your life. So whichever area feels the most accessible. And that's what I love about the one-on-one -on -one coaching is that it can really be sort of a, it doesn't have to be a linear process. It can be tailored to, you know, does diet feel most accessible to you? Something that you can control, something that you can do, or does it need to be separate from that? It needs to be, you know, your relationship because that's the biggest thing. Um, and you can really start to see how you can partner with your body and kind of have that, month to month feedback loop of look what happens when I just kind of let things be look what happens when I trust that my body isn't out to get me. Um, and it's just asking for support and it does need extra support and partnering with it to do that. Oh, that feels good. I love, you know, I love one-on-one -on -one coaching because it's also, 
it's so it's such an individual experience for mm-hmm. everyone, right? And so you'll be able to get in there right with that person, like be right beside them in the trenches exactly. or beside them in the trenches, helping them out of the trenches. So I, I'm a big advocate of one-on-one coaching. And that's why I love the freebie that you're sharing with our community. So you love this interview, you love Brianna, and you want to see and you want to work with her. She is gifting you a free 20 minute discovery call. And I love, I love how you wrote this. You said to learn more about how you can stop settling for symptoms and start optimizing your experience. So juicy, so good. Yeah. Cause I really care about people being able to show up more authentically and more genuinely in their life. Like that's the goal is to have fewer days where the best coping mechanism you have is to self-isolate. And especially when we do that, because so often we do that to protect others or what we think is protecting others. And, and it's really about how can we find more days where we feel safe and we feel safe for others to be in the same space and to experience life together. Mm, That spoke straight to my heart. That's what I did. I isolated so I would protect Mm -hmm. others. Thank you for your wisdom, everything you shared. My notepad is full. Oh, so good. Here's the question. Do you have any last words of hope or encouragement for our PNDD community? Yeah, so I wanted to share um, one of my favorite quotes actually from Benet Brown um, that I think just like spoke so much to me um, in, in this context. And she says that the best parts of us and the parts that we're trying to change are often on the same continuum. And so she says, instead of throwing out the whole continuum, it's about sliding towards our strengths and using them to change what we want to change. And I find this so true when we talk about menstrual cycles of, you know, it's so easy to see sort of the negative of it when you're in the depths of of extreme symptoms. But I also think that there's so much hope and in thinking also about what's good about the menstrual cycle. And I think there isn't enough conversation about like the long-term benefits of it. So even for, well, I'll say it this way, for every ovulatory cycle that you get through, right? Even with the PMDD symptoms, even in that dark place, that's putting health in the bank for the future. Because ovulation is such a protective process that helps prevent disease in menopause and things like that. So there's so much value there that if we throw it out, we also throw out these health benefits as well. And I would say the same, we can also think about this continuum with PMDD as well, that while PMDD is this can be this hypersensitive, critical monster um, that we live with, it is also something that's found most often in in women that are the most sensitive and empathetic. And that hypersensitivity is also showing up in other ways. And so appreciating kind of the gift that it is and finding the ways that that sensitivity serves you and how that can help you also kind of manage those symptoms of PMD as well. Thank you for reminding us and for that shift in perspective right there. I hope y'all could y'all could feel that that we can also have some appreciation for for our phases. And I must say, PMDD peeps are my favorite peeps on the planet because we are 
so sensitive. There's something really special about mm-hmm. us. So thank you so much for bringing the wisdom, for bringing the hope. Oh, thank you for being here, Brianna. Mm. Uh, of course. It's an absolute pleasure. I love this conversation. Same here. I could talk for hours, but mm-hmm. we're already over 30 minutes. So please <laughs> check, uh, click that link. I'm going to have it under the interview. I'm going to put it right there. Get that consult. Get to, woof start that healing journey and yeah if you had some gold nuggets and some stuff come up where you're like oh that was awesome put it in the in the facebook group share it wherever you can and yeah get out of here y'all and have a great day bye hi it's charisma If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.